the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, the media. To watch the ongoing media propaganda, it's like watching Pravda. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. Because parents are, I think we are a little bit too complacent sometimes about, oh, how bad could it be? It's very bad. Because you cannot be truly conservative and be advocating for so-called rights on the basis of what God says is a sin. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. Don't forget to read my articles also on wnd.com. That's World Net Daily on barbwire.com and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to order my book, written especially for teens, which has just been reissued and a new edition published, the second edition, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Why are we suddenly in the past few years seeing so many so-called conservatives and Christians, who some of whom of these conservatives claim to be also sincere Christians, announce a gay identity or announce that they approve of people that are involved in homosexual or gender-confused behavior. When those who give a clear witness to the truth begin to dwindle in numbers— Is this a signal that our society is starting a rapid decline? And if so, what could we do to turn that around? Well, here to explore this and other topics with me is my pro-family colleague, Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez. Bobby Lopez, Dr. Lopez, was an associate professor of English at Cal State University, Northridge, before he was forced to leave. He now teaches at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Dallas. He was raised by a lesbian mother with the help of her lifelong partner in Buffalo, New York. Went on for multiple degrees. Uh, He's got a stunning background, Ivy League, and uh, 
he is now, uh, he, he can tell us more about his background, but he's, he and his wife are happily married, have two children. He speaks uh, five languages, although today I think we will conduct this interview in English. Is that okay, Bobby? Welcome to Mission that, America Radio. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> my, my Portuguese is a little rusty, so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So, um, okay, so just fill our listeners in, those who are just becoming familiar with you, a little bit more about your background, which is quite interesting. Well, I am a scholar in sort of an interdisciplinary area of English and classics. So I I was lettered in Greek and Latin, and then I also had some experience with political science because of the political rhetoric side of it. So I kind of do literature plus political analysis and uh, the historical analysis that comes with the classical background. So I'm kind of like a jack-of-all-trades which suits me well for where I am right now because I'm at a Baptist uh, college mm-hmm. that is part of the seminary here in Fort Worth, Texas, and we have a great books curriculum, and I'm very happy. Oh, that's wonderful. Teaching here, right? Well, it, it was, uh, you've learned uh, firsthand about uh, the how vicious the LGBT folks can, can get. I mean, they're not all, of course, that way. But um, there is an element, and it doesn't seem to be being restrained very much. So that's part of what I want to talk to you about. You have an excellent series on your blog. Uh, oh, thank you. English Man, of, uh, and it's a wonderful, it's just, you just read forever. Comparing the lessons of Sodom in Genesis to what we're experiencing today in America. Before we go to that, um, let's just set the table with a review of, you know, a couple of recent events that just bring to mind, like, how can this be happening? How can things be falling away so quickly? The um, road that a major conservative conference, CPAC, uh, uh, by shutting the door on a clear conservative witness of mass resistance. Tell our listeners a little bit about that situation. Well, I'm part of mass resistance, and this is a group that's very well respected in grassroots activism. There are chapters in around 15 states, as well as a, a number of foreign countries, including Nigeria, Japan, England, etc. And what we do is we try to help parents or communities at the local level fight against anti-family policies. So, for instance, fighting against radical sexual education in the schools or public libraries that are trying to force families with toddlers to have to walk through areas where they're uh, promoting really controversial and very often untrue information about homosexuality, glorifying homosexuality to their children. So we do a lot of that kind of work. And this year, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, which is a huge event. I mean, uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence both spoke at it this year. They made the decision to ban uh, mass resistance from having an exhibitor table. They had already made an arrangement with mass resistance that would have allowed uh, Brian Kamaker, the president, to come and to set up a table in the exhibition hall. And uh, unilaterally, the directors of CPAC then decided that they were going to cancel that agreement, and they refunded the money and basically said, you can't come and exhibit. And so they were banished, they were censored uh, by a conservative political action conference. The justification for it, as stated, was that Brian Kamaker, the president, had made some remarks in 2015 in an obscure video where he had uh, responded to somebody who said, 
I think we need to avoid being insulting or degrading when we're dealing with LGBT activists with Brian's response, which was, uh, you know, we have to be tough. We've got to stop being so weak. We've got to stop worrying so much about being insulting and degrading. And instead, we've got to just fight against these people who are trying to push these bad policies on our kids. And that means that sometimes we are going to sound insulting and degrading. That statement alone was cited uh, by the people at CPAC as justification for banning Brian Kamaker and the entire mass resistance group, which is outrageous mm-hmm. for any number of reasons. But I'm sure you could probably weigh in and give your thoughts on how this was decided, especially given the fact that the Log Cabin Republicans, which is a pro-homosexual organization, which has had many different events and statements and, and public advertisements that they have bought, uh, which used very insulting and degrading language, very crass and vulgar and sexually inappropriate language. Uh, and they were excused for all that and allowed to co-sponsor and set up an exhibition booth. And then there were trans so-called conservatives who came and apparently set up an impromptu uh, sort of dis- ex- ex- display area in the middle of the exhibition hall and were not asked to leave. Right, right. So, they just they just asked, uh, you know, forgiveness or maybe not forgiveness rather than permission. They just do what they want right. to do and nobody says anything. Yeah, you know, they're just looking for an excuse to, to kick mass resistance out, I think. And here's log cabin Republicans, though, if you look on their website, they they are oppose uh, religious liberty for those who oppose their viewpoint. So, and that's in a violation of the First Amendment. Well, CPAC is all about the Constitution, supposedly. So, where is their consistency on that? I mean, it's it. it you're going. They're going down a, a very inconsistent road, and and we, you know, this is what America's coming to. I guess I rather than dwelling so much on this one issue, I want to go to the bigger picture. And if you're just joining us, folks, we're talking with Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez, who is um, a a wonderful pro-family addition to the pro-family voice in this country. And he teaches at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's an expert in many fields, including English and uh, many, many languages, but also works in the pro-family area as well uh, as an observer and commentator. So, okay, looking at CPAC, looking at what we keep seeing, Bobby, we we keep seeing these so-called gay Christians. We had Guy Benson in that situation. He's the commentator on Fox News, who was Sandy Rios's producer for so long. Um, we've had so many of these in, in within churches. People are running away and running toward this. You had a number of articles where you looked at very closely the Genesis account of Sodom and Gomorrah, and you start applying this lesson to what we can see today that can, can teach us about our attitudes and our approach on the promotion of an embrace of homosexuality. So start with, you know, these evangelicals that are going down this road and people, people starting to approve of all of this. What does this say about the future in America? I mean, what, what are your first thoughts? Well, I think the Sex Act between two men is bad enough on its own. It's a horribly harmful physical act. No amount of reorienting people's brains or trying to promote awareness or acceptance will change the fact that when two men get together and try to consummate sex, they are harming each other's bodies, okay, just because of our anatomies. Nothing is going to change that. So that's bad enough. But what ends up happening, and this is what I think is the key to the wisdom in the Sodom story, is that when you 
try to skirt around that biological reality. And when you try to convince yourself that somehow something which is objectively disgusting and harmful is actually okay, you end up creating all of these other networks of injustice because you end up having to uh, lie to yourself and lie to people around you that what is harmful is actually good. And then you have to start punishing people for saying the truth about what your act is. You have to start punishing people for trying to defend God's design for sexuality, which is clearly against this. And you become, in a sense, a punitive and uncharitable person. And if this sounds paranoid, look at where we are right now. Exactly. Okay? I, myself, was never one to say ban the log cabin Republicans or ban Geo Proud or fire uh, a gay person who's working at a Catholic school when they come out as gay. I had never had that position because I always wanted there to be diversity of opinion. And I, along with most of the people that I know in mass resistance, in fact, all of them, we want to debate people with the truth. We want to be able to have a conversation with them. But increasingly what's happening is in the name of tolerance, people are punishing and censoring and pushing us out. So you, you try to be tolerant towards the gay conservatives at CPAC, and the result is not this diversity of opinion, but rather that the gay conservatives take over the network and start forcing the officials to punish, banish, slander, and censor those who are just pointing out the truth. And what's the saddest part of it is that they often target those who are part of their community, either the ex-gays, the people who were in the homosexual community, and then got out of it for the very simple reason that they didn't want to continue to do this harmful physical act that clearly God does not want them to do, right? They attack the children of gay parents when they speak out about what they saw in the gay community growing up and how that was really bad. And, and so there is really nothing defensible about this movement at this point. Not only is the sex act terrible in and of itself, but there is no sense of charity. There's no sense of tolerance. What you have is just a, a very harsh unforgiving attitude that comes out of it, all in the name of tolerance. So it's a really bad situation. And that's what we saw in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, many people who have tried to fight against the interpretation of Sodom as an injunction against homosexuality have cited the lines in Ezekiel, when Ezekiel said the crimes of Sodom were that they were living with too much surplus, they didn't care for the needy, and they became inhospitable or uncharitable and haughty and proud. And so I have always heard people who were in favor of the gay lifestyle saying, look, this proves that the sin of Sodom was not homosexuality, but these other things. I've realized that all of that goes together, that Mm -hmm. when you start glorifying homosexuality, you become like the current state of California, where there's homeless people that are proliferating on the streets of San Francisco and Los Angeles. You have the highest poverty rate in the whole country, in the state of California, where they're the most accepting of gays. And you have the greatest suppression of Christian religious liberty. You have all of these people being fired from their jobs or or forced out of their work um, in such an unforgiving fashion. I mean, in the case of CPEC, they never gave mass resistance a chance to respond to these to right. the anger over the comments right. from 2015. Yeah, they had ju- they had just so decided. Yes, it all goes it, together. Right, it all goes together. And I, when I, you're this is so interesting. When I read this, uh, Bobby, and I, I heard you uh, talk about this somewhere else. And uh, you know, when I first became a Christian and sat down and read scripture, and was thinking, I wonder if I can believe this. 
in the early 1990s, and I read the Sodom account. My first thing was to close the book. I thought, whoa, that's that's what people have been talking about. But then it began to convict me, you know, um, this is here for a reason, and this paints a picture, and um, we need to learn from it. And as time has gone on, I have learned more, and I will ask you to weigh in when we come back from our, our break here um, to weigh in a little bit more on. I saw in there that the... The gang pounding on Lot's door were young and old from every quarter. And then Lot also handed them, offered them his daughters. What does that tell about complete sexual anarchic breakdown in our culture? But anyway, when we come back, maybe we can, uh, you can comment on that and go forward because there's so much in your blog here. We're talking to Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez, Bobby Lopez, who is with Mass Resistance in Texas, but also... Uh, professor of English. He teaches at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Dallas. We will be right back on Mission America Radio right after this. Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today about lessons from Sodom and so called gay conservatives and Christians and why people are running away from the truth. Well, that's kind of the Sodom story, isn't it? Um, We're talking with Dr. Robert Oscar Lopez, who is um, an English scholar and classics scholar, and he now is uh, gracing the uh, seminary and the Christian college, um, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Dallas, and uh, was raised by a lesbian mother and her partner and... uh, and you were also in the gay lifestyle for a while before you got married and had children. Isn't that true, Bobby? Yeah, I was there for, I was all in it. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. I've seen everything so, that you can possibly imagine. So you're, and I think you, the Sodom yeah. and Gomorrah story is so foundational because every single detail of it, and it's mentioned not just in Genesis, but throughout the Bible. Jesus Christ refers to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's, it's invoked many times in the New Testament. It's all the way to the Revelation. So it's the first book to the last book of the Bible that talks about this city as a byword and a symbol and a warning. Um, but every detail about the story matters. And one of the details that I think people miss is that in Genesis 14, Abram, before he becomes Abraham, has to actually raise an army to rescue the Sodomites because they've been invaded. Um, They start a rebellion, or they participate in a rebellion, um, and then they can't fight. They're not good soldiers. And so Abram has to come out and save them. He rescues them from slavery. And then after they are rescued and they are now a free people, the two kings, the one of Salem and the king of Sodom, come out to meet Abram. The king of Salem, Melchizedek, praises God and gives glory to God for the victory. But the king of Sodom tries to pay Abram off. He tries to buy him, pay him for his services. And Abram, he participates in the ritual with Melchizedek, and then to the king of Sodom he says, do not pay me anything. I don't even want a strap of a sandal because no one should ever say that you made me rich. Now, that's very important because even though that happens before the events that lead to the destruction of Sodom, what it shows you is that Sodom was a group of people that we could have felt pity towards because they had been invaded and enslaved. They were victims to a certain degree. Um, It's also important because it shows that uh, Abram knew intuitively that Sodom's corruption was something 
that would spread, that would infect anyone who touched it, really, that anyone who collaborated with it or who right. supported with it was going to be affected by the, 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 the moral rot and the collapse. Right. And it's also important because it shows you that the sodomites were a free people when they engaged in the things that they did. Right. They can't use the fact that they were slaves. They couldn't use, cite the fact that they were oppressed or they were victims. They were a free people acting of their own accord in Genesis 19. And so when they tried to rape the visitors who came to Lot's house, when they surrounded the house, um, when they behaved in that way, when they ignored all of the warnings and all of the possibilities to change, God had not treated them with exceptional harshness, he had shown them exceptional mercy, mercy because yeah. he gave them so many chances mm-hmm. and they didn't change. And right. I think that's the biggest warning sign right. that we can look at today. Well, you talk about in one of your uh, blog posts about the issue of contagion, the, that this is what happens is that um, I think one of two things will happen, that everybody in the culture begins to be tainted by this if you're if you're in an isolated culture or everyone runs scared because they are they're a gang of people. They can, as you've just experienced and many others have, they will gang up on you and not be fair about how they treat you. Um, and right. and this is and there's not reasoning. You know, you can't really reason with this. It seems to me, and I think that's what we have now. A lot of people are running scared. They don't really approve of this. Maybe even CPAC is that way. No, well, you know. Yeah, and I think that the beginning point that many people take when they discuss homosexuality is they think of the the 16-year-old who's getting beaten up at school and made fun of, Mm -hmm. and your heart goes out to someone who is getting called nasty names, and you don't want them to be beat up, and so you think they're a victim. We need to create a more charitable culture, so we need to come in and change the way people think about this. But you have to be mindful of the times that we're in. It's really been 30 years or so since those things went on rampantly in high schools and nobody did anything. Nowadays, in in high schools, I live in Texas, even here in the schools, if you were to start calling someone uh, names based on sexuality and beating them up, I mean, the police would get involved within you know, minutes. It, it's, so these are not people who are victims anymore. And so they're not really responding to oppression. They really are a group of people who are trying to impose their way of life. And they want to, you know, basically steamroll any opposition to things that they do, which are morally objectionable. So, you know, it's not really fair for them to have a gay pride parade in a public space and make everyone who's passing through the downtown area see all of this sexually provocative and really rather repulsive behavior. Right. Right. They're not people who are oppressed or victims, they're imposing their will on others. And and if you think about it that way, it really looks a lot more like Sodom than right. anything else. It, it looks like a group of people who are trying to strong arm everyone in society into either active participation or complicity in what they want. So so we're okay. In, we can see this. We can see that they really seem to run the media, uh, run our public schools, uh, what companies support quite often. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left, so just give us an idea of what what can we do. I mean, you and I are here trying to make people aware. I think that has to be it. And the awareness, friends, for those on the other side who may be monitoring this program, is not to go hate people. It's to say, wait, stop. You know, this is not the answer. Um, what would you say, Bobby? I would say that we need a revival, definitely, of the Christian faith. We need to bring back notions of chastity, because what I've realized is that chastity goes hand-in-hand with charity. 
Chastity, yes. it means that you go very carefully and thoughtfully into sexual relationships. Yeah. You make sure that the two sides of a sexual relationship have consented to and understand what they're doing. And basically, they're devoted to each other, right? If you remove that and you start rushing into irresponsible sexual relations, then you're also going to create a situation where people rush into judgment of other people. And so they won't be charitable. So the rush to have sex with someone will then also mirror the rush to hate and to judge and to condemn and banish people. And so that's why we have this society where people are losing their jobs or being banned from attending a conference because of some statement that's on the internet from years ago. If you really think about that, think of how unforgiving and unmerciful and how uncharitable that is to sit there and to condemn someone because of something they said maybe in an offhanded remark three years ago. It goes hand in hand with the loss of chastity. So I think that a a culture of charity and a culture of chastity go hand in hand. That's beautiful. Um, You know, I myself know that all the pro-family people that I work with are not people who run around trying to insert their lives into gay people. (laughs) world. Exactly. They don't run after them trying to make their lives difficult. They're just trying to defend God's design for sexuality and for human relationships. And I think they should continue doing that. And they just have to be emboldened and be stronger about it. I, I, I have full confidence that they have a charitable heart oh. at, the, at the core of all we, this. And yeah. they just need to defend God's design. Well, thank you. Uh, give us your website real fast. Um, Englishmenif.blogspot.com. It's okay. basically Englishmanif. And that's the word Englishman plus okay. I-F as in Foxtrot dot right. blogspot. We are, out of, we are out of time. Thank you, Bobby. Take care, Thank everyone. Thank you so much. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.